Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Soul Talk with Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. We have been doing a series on understanding God. There is a way to understand God, Rabbi David Aaron. You are the one to help us. And it is so essential because God is such a central part of our existence that if we don't really understand who God is, what God is all about, how God should be playing a role in our lives, how can we connect to God? These are all the questions I want to address with you. Um, are we're continuing to live our life with God as a reality, but we're not connecting to that reality. So, so far we spoke about who is God? Uh, what does it mean that God is one? And especially since our last segment of what does it mean that God is one? God is reality. There's nothing outside of God. Um, everything's included. We are included in God. Everything's included in God. But it really led me to the next question, I think, that almost grows out of this question of God's oneness and your explanation of it, is if everything, if God is one, nothing is outside of God, then how does evil exist? Especially with at least from what I understand is that God is good. God is loving. And yet so much evil and bad, terrible things exist in the world. How, how does that exist within the oneness of God? Excellent. Excellent. Well, first, let's let's clarify that when we say God, that's synonymous with saying good. That's probably where the word God came from. Uh, God is the personification of all good. And uh, if I say I believe in God, I'm essentially saying I believe in good. And if a person says, well, I don't believe in God, but I believe in good. Well, guess what? In our books, that's called believing in God. If a person says, you know, I don't believe in God, but I love love and I'm committed to love and I would love love to reign supreme. Well, guess what? In our books, God is love. And even though love is not God, because God is greater than love. So, so when we say God, that means absolute good. Now, the question is, how does absolute good create a space and generate the possibility for bad and evil. And so uh, to, to, to understand that, we need to really appreciate the parameters of absolute good. So let's say you got these two guys. One is good, was good, always will be good, cannot but be good. Is he good? Yeah, he's, he's good, but... He, He's kind of a good robot. Uh, he's obsessive, compulsively good. He can't do but good. Let's say we have another fellow who isn't naturally good, isn't always good, has a has temptation to do bad, uh, but uh, but in struggling with it and choosing to overcome it, he chooses to do good. Which one of these fellows demonstrates uh, a richer form of goodness? The one who is good, was good, always will be good, cannot but be good, or the one who chooses good? I think we all intuit that choosing good uh, is a richer form of good, or at least another form of good that would certainly be equal to, if not, I think, even greater than uh, goodness that's simply natural. So, uh, and let's say these two guys uh, pick up the Torah, the Bible, and sees in there 
that there is a commandment to be hospitable. And so the one who is good, was good, always will be good, cannot but be good. He's always hospitable. He can't not be hospitable. He's compulsively, obsessively hospitable. Uh, is he hospitable? Yeah, I, technically he is. But, but what about the guy who isn't naturally good, isn't naturally kind, isn't naturally hospitable, but knows it's the right thing to do? And even though it's uncomfortable and even though it requires effort um, and maybe persistence and perseverance, he chooses to be hospitable. Which one of these fellows demonstrated a richer form of hospitality? The one who cannot but be hospitable or the one who chooses to be hospitable? Hospitable. Uh, hospitable. Uh, so um, I think we all intuit that the choice so let's go back to God. You know, I think all of us were told as children that God is good. Well, but if God is good, does his goodness include a goodness born of choice? Or is the goodness of God a compulsive goodness that he has to be good? And if we say, well, then God cannot include a goodness born of choice. Well, is not that limiting God? And isn't that diminishing how absolute his absolute goodness is? I mean, his absolute goodness is missing the possibility of a goodness born of choice. So what Torah teaches in our deeper teachings is God is absolutely good. Included within his absolute goodness is the possibility for both natural good and goodness born of choice. And we are the embodiment of that part of God. We are the embodiment of the goodness born of choice. So where does evil come from? Well, now we discovered how good evil is. Because if there wasn't evil, there could never be a choice for good. And therefore, evil is really an ingredient in goodness. You know, there's a, a teaching in the Torah that after God created Adam and Eve, he looked and he said that the it, that he looked at his creation and said, very good. Until now, every day, God looked at what he created and said, good. But after the creation of Adam and Eve, he said, very good. And our sages tell us that very good, good is the good inclination. Very good is the evil inclination. Well, how is it that the evil inclination would be identified with the very because that's the difference. The guy who is good, was good, always will be good. He's good. But the guy who has to choose good, struggle with good, rise to the challenge and nonetheless choose good, he's very good. And so it's actually evil that enables there to be the very good. And so is the evil good? No. But when we look evil, so to speak, in the face, and say no to its temptations and boldly choose to do good and overcome evil. Wow. It's like if you can't hate somebody, then how much are you really loving them? To love someone means you, you, you're, you're capable of hating, but you choose to love. You know, peace, if there wasn't the possibility of war. Well, how peaceful would that be? Peace is in the face of war that even though I could go to war and even though I might feel like going to war, 
I choose not to go to war and I make peace. Wow, that's peace. So now we see that war becomes an ingredient in peace and hate becomes an ingredient in love and evil becomes an ingredient in good, in mm. the very good. Is that making sense? It is, but it's a lot to process because I think it's very different than the way we typically think about it, although it does, it does make a lot of sense. Um, but it leads me to my next question, because as you're talking about evil, in my mind, I'm clarifying that I think usually when I think of evil, I think of people making choices that are evil. And as you're explaining, you, you have to have that ability so that good can make sense. We're just not robotic. But then it makes me realize there's evil and there's bad, because there's also that side of things when we say bad things happening, like natural disasters, illness that has nothing to do oh. with someone else. So th how does that side fit into the goodness and the love of God? Because all that creates opportunities for great demonstrations of kindness, of courage. For instance, I was once invited to give a talk to a community that had just um, weathered a hurricane. A hurricane uh, destroyed their homes. And uh, we had this talk in the home of someone who the home was still intact, but it was really quite ruined. And I started out, you know, and there was this topic about, you know, bad things happening to good people and all that. And so I asked them a question. Could you could you describe to me what what you all experienced in the midst of this this hurricane? And and it was amazing. They said it was an incredible time in our lives. And I said, incredible time in your life. The, the, it, it created a context for so much kindness and compassion and caring and self-sacrifice. It was like we all came together and we discovered a unity in our community that we'd never discovered before. And like, oh, wow, that's, that's really quite amazing. I once heard a lecture from Rabbi Abram Isaac, Abram Tversky, may he rest in peace. And he gave a talk on, you know, um, the Jewish understanding of suffering. And um, he, he said something so interesting. He said, how many people here in this audience really learned something life-changing from a joyous occasion? And almost nobody put up their hand. And then he said, how many people in this audience can share that they learned something and had a life-changing experience from a painful uh, challenging, painful experience. And many people put up their hand. And he said, it's so interesting that we seem to learn so much from difficult times than easy and pleasant times. And, and so too, you know, if, um, if, if the, 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 the natural disasters create a context for incredible human sacrifice incredible feats of, of kindness and compassion and patience and, you know, an outpouring of love and connection and identification and empathy. Uh, it really creates the playing field for some of the greatest attributes of the humankind. So, so, so not that I, you know, I, I remember years ago, uh, a woman applied to one of my seminars uh, a 10-day seminar, and she was extraordinary. There was something about this woman that was so radiant. 
And I said, you know, there's something about you that is just, that you just shine. What is it? Oh, she said, oh, I can, I can show you what it is. So she rolled up her sleeves and I saw scars all along her arm. She rolled up her other sleeve and again, scars all along that arm. She says, and the scars go all the way up to my shoulders and I have scars all over my body. And I said, oh, okay, what's that got to do with shining? And she said, well, about five years ago, I was in a car crash. Uh, I, uh, I was able to pull myself out of the crash, but my friend was wedged in the wreck. And I went back to pull her out, but the car exploded and we both exploded with the car. And I was put into rehab for three years to learn how to do the most uh, simple motor skills that a baby could do. I had to relearn all that. And I have scars all over my body. And I want you to know, although I, I wouldn't wish to go through it again, but it was the most amazing gift of my life. Again, I wouldn't wish this on anybody, and, but, but we do know that, that, you know, what we choose to do, you know, pain, you really don't have choice in or much choice in. Suffering is a choice. Suffering is when you don't give pain purpose. But when you give pain purpose, you turn it into power and you turn it into the power to give birth to new and exciting um, character qualities of yourself and, and other people. Hmm. So um, everything in the world is here to serve the purpose of the highest good, even painful times, bad times, and, and, um, and evil, and even evil are all here in serving to create the highest good. Hmm. I have a very practical question because the example you're giving of this amazing woman, and I also have inspirational people that I know of that took very painful situations, tragedies, and were able to bring the good out of it, see the good that came out of it. But at the same time, it's also the other thing side of things can happen where it's often, look, there's tragedies in the news every day, natural disasters, tragedies, you name it. You look at the news, something in the world is going to catch your attention on a tragic proportion. And yet so often we're like, oh, that's terrible. But then God forbid it gets too close to home. It happens to you, someone close to you. Then so many people struggle with God. I thought God was a loving God. How could this terrible thing happen to this person I know or happen to me? So how does one take this idea from theoretically what you're saying, I, I hear the philosophy of it, I can sit with it, but then it can be personal. And some people like this amazing woman can see the goodness of God, even within the tragedy, the challenge, the pain. And other people, it's like how they, they can't see the goodness in God through this tragedy and pain. Right. Uh, it goes back to the beginning of our talk. It has to do with choice. The greatest choice we have in our lives is the beliefs that we choose to view the world and the situations of our lives through. Faith doesn't mean that I don't have doubts. It's just the opposite. Faith is choosing to believe in the face of doubt, like courage. A person that's not faced with risk and danger is not courageous. A person that's not able to, is not even aware of risk or danger is not courageous. They're just foolish, you know, a, a person who is a hero is a person that in the face of danger and deeply 
understanding that danger and the risk that it's presenting them, choose to go ahead anyways. And the same thing with faith. Faith is a choice. And it is, it is the choice to see the good. It is the choice to try and use every situation I'm in to, to do good and to grow from. And that's really our ultimate choice in life. And so you're, you're not going to see the good because the point of it is to choose to do the good. And, uh, and yes, it, you know, we are in a world that, you know, in, in the end, the atheist can't prove there is no God and the believer can't prove there is a God. But what we can prove is choosing to believe in God and acting as if there is a God is a far better way of living one's life and coping with our problems. Hmm. And I think in the end, that's, that's the greatest choice in our life. It's what we choose to believe because our beliefs are the lenses through which we view every situation we're in. And if we believe this is an accident, well, then, you know, then, then that's, that's what you'll come away with. If you believe this is an opportunity for growth, an opportunity to, to, to improve oneself or to demonstrate acts of kindness in, in challenging moments, then that's what it will be. But um, it's up to us to make that choice. Mm. Wow. Well, definitely, this is a whole new mindset and perspective, both in terms of, I think, more of an understanding, but also it affects very practically our lives, understanding that even evil, tragedy, hardships, challenges, and pain within it is still love and goodness of God, because there is no true love without these opposing sides of things, as you pointed out. Otherwise, it's just like a robot. But recognizing that within, within that, we still have to make the choice to see it to live it, to act on it. Really, and I have to thank you, Rabbi, because this segment is very much not just giving a certain mindset and philosophy, but very practical, makes a difference in how we live our day-to-day lives. I want to thank you all for joining us. Soul Talk, Rabbi David Aaron and Leora Mandel. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from Leak City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Darba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. 
Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Carr from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. <laughs> You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 